there are more questions than answers like if your hands don't look like you've just delivered a baby after eating ribs you just didn't eat them right hi america hello world my name is adrian lee and i am your host do you know the reason god created pigs and man discovered fire was ribs no less do you know that mm -mm. i don't know if you have the same problem as me the older i get the more i find stuck between my teeth it never used to be the case when i was younger i'm fiddling and excavating now like an archaeologist on an archaeological dig somewhere in the Sahara. Fiddling around, I am. Nothing worse than going to the dentist. You've got a bit of meat wedged in your teeth. You're saving it to chew on on the way home, and they pull it out. There's disappointment in abundances with that. When I was a child, I came home from the dentist, and I discovered when I went to bed that evening that my underwear was on back to front. And he did write a card to me every Christmas. I get the impression I was just nervous, perhaps, before the dentist, and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, so that's I'm sure that's it. Go with that. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events. Of the Supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound, my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each week we press our ear against the bedroom wall. Whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed, picks and pulls on her unconscious mind. And that's the very tune in which she snores. Let's have a listen tonight. <laughs> it was a graveyard smash. Oh. I thought it was staying alive. Topical. Staying alive. Staying alive. Yeah. Staying alive. Staying alive. Yeah. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tonight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and or value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and adolescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. 
She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She's also our producer and sound engineer. Heather realized that the only math she is good at is adding insult to injury. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello, and you're welcome. Don't get depressed. Obtuse triangles are always depressed because they're never right. I love this show. Also, wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle makes out while listening to live music so that every three to four minutes she gets a round of applause. Yes. Welcome to the wow. show, Michelle. Thank you. Clapping is repeatedly high-fiving yourself for someone else's accomplishments. I thought I'd share that with you. Yeah. Joining us tonight from the deepest, darkest depths of North Wisconsin, just across the bridge from Duluth, our skeptical team leader, Scott Kenner. Scott realized this week that if you need help at Home Depot and you're being ignored, just get on one of their stat letters. That does the job. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you. Wow. I know my stepladder, but I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> oh, I love this show. They are mad, bad, and paranormal. This is season three, episode 76. I want to remind everybody that next week represents our 250th episode. There is celebrations afoot. We've got guests coming into the studio. I've got lots and lots of fun and exciting things that my team do not know about as yet. So that's going to be very interesting. We're going to be doing many joyous and wondrous things. So join us for our 250th episode. There's lots of fun to be had. Can you believe we've been doing this? I've been saying for 250 episodes... Why am I here? <laughs> still haven't figured it and out. And I still haven't figured it out. I still cannot work this out. I also want to mention, by the way, so join us for that. That'll be fun next week. There's also, coming up, The Curse of Oak Island. <gasps> it is coming back to our screens. And if you recall, we used to have a watch party on a Tuesday evening. And we'd join in the fun and frivolities and have a drinking game. It is imminent. I can't wait. They're doing recaps right now. I can't believe it's that they managed butter. to squeeze another episode and another series out of this. I know. What's there left to find on this island that's a mile square? I don't know. Buttons. It must look like a Swiss cheese at this point, surely. <laughs> I don't care, but I can't wait. We're going to be solving some of the greatest mysteries that they've uh, looked at over the last eight or nine years, like his Rick's collar and cuffs match, his beard. <gasps> and other extremities one of the questions that needs to be answered i can't wait it was actually my highlight of last winter i used to love it that too. shows you how yeah. bad the winters are mm. in minnesota i might add yeah. so that's everything to look forward to there and we have a listening party right now mm -hmm. at this moment as we live and breathe we have a listening party we're about to jump into the round that is a general lack of knowledge there will be questions asked we have a fabulous listening party. If you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook, there will be people currently swapping jokes, having gift wars, partaking in the shenanigans. It is more questions than answers. Commenting on everything we say. All good, I hope. Yes. And you can join us on there right now because I'm about to read out some <gasps> questions. You can show the rest of the world how intelligent you are compared to uh. everyone sat in this room right now. 
Oh, don't make me hit so you. So that shouldn't take too long, should it? Oh. So, as always, as convention dictates, ushering in the round, that is the general lack of knowledge. We have the substituting quadratic equations, Martin's sponsored gong of infinite knowledge. Martin! Hello, Martin. With, would you believe, the facts of Venn diagram and the algebra of statistics. Stand back, ladies. That never fails to disappoint. On this very day, in 1883, the Orient Express departed on its first ever journey from Paris to Istanbul. So for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio, I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about the Orient Express. Feeling confident, ladies? No. I can tell by the look in your eyes that you're looking... A little bit down on your luck there. There's something for everybody. Yeah. You'll find some questions in here that I think mm-hmm. you can win some points for. On a single trip, someone will win the points, by the way. Okay. On a single trip from Venice, Italy to Calais in northern France, how many miles will the train manager walk back and forth along the train? And the nearest person in miles will win the first points of the evening. Miss Morris, eyes are looking at you right now. Okay, so what was the question again? Oh, my. Something Our listeners about are paying attention. Yes, yeah, something about. I know it got complicated for you when I went to the second <laughs> clause of the sentence. I made the fatal mistake of splitting my sentence into two clauses with a semicolon, you were and I know about you can't keep and up. Round trip and On a single know. trip from Venice, Italy to Calais yeah. in northern France, how many miles back and forth do you think the train manager walks up and down the train? Oh, you didn't say that part. I repeated the question. I think you Almost missed the word. Almost verbatim. Mm, I would have to say 25. You are going with 25 miles in all. Michelle, what do you think is the walking distance for the manager of that train on that trip? 450. 450 miles? Yeah. Wow. He must have stocks in a shoe company. He owns shoals. I just thought I'd share that with you. Scott, bring some common sense to the proceedings. What do you think is the distance that manager of that train walks during that trip? Oh, how about 30? 31, 30. 31. Scott had a chance to win his first points of MQTA, but Miss Morris has come up trumps. She's going over the points somewhere just outside of Bernie, Switzerland at the moment. It's 11 miles and you were the closest if you'd have gone with the car attendant the car attendant has to work 34 miles who has a bit much of a he's got more of a job on his hands the car attendants do 34 miles but i asked for the manager the manager walks 11 miles on that journey swaying backwards and forwards of course wow remember if you teach your kids to love model trains they'll never be able to afford drugs (laughs) this is a public information service you leave this show with more than you arrive. We don't fear Michelle and Scott. More points are to be won at this very moment. Every year, how many proposals of marriage are there on board the train? And I say proposals of marriage because I suspect lots of proposals are made, including some of marriage. So I'm looking to know how many proposals of marriage are there on board a train? I will say, I think that's cliche. Now that I know the answer to this, I think to myself, well, everyone else has proposals of marriage on the train. That doesn't become unique at that point. That becomes common, do you not think? We've all been married around this table. Miss Morris, how did you get proposed to? What was that like for you? Was it a romantic moment on the Bridge of Sighs somewhere in Venice? Were you 
looking at a sunset going down on the Serengeti as planes of wildebeest roamed randomly across the grasslands. How were we... Uh, what was mentioned in your little ear? Was you in Dairy Queen? I mean, that's possible. No, that's where I got a ring. A nice. class ring. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, and who says romance is dead in Minnesota? Is it terrible if I actually don't remember? You don't recall. Well, it's strange I mean, you should say that because with my ex-wife, I don't remember ever asking her. I think she just organized it. And before I knew where I was, I was being marched uh, up the central passageway. This, this is probably why we both have exes. There you go. <laughs> Michelle, what wondrous romantic moment. Was it a balloon ride somewhere? It was so lame. It was just in our apartment. In and your apartment. He's like, I think we should get married someday. And I'm like, yeah, honey, someday we will. He's like, no, I mean, oh, we should get married. I'm for like, tax reasons. Okay. <laughs> Scott, you're a man who's gone through this several times. You seem like a romantic <laughs> a romantic gentleman. And, of course, you can't be expected to get it right first time. Would you? Uh, did you woo your ex-wives with romance and outrageous it's his eyes it's, it's his, his bedroom eyes, eyes. yes yeah one looking at you, you one looking for you i was i did woo my last i did woo my last wife go Ooh. on give us a flavor of romance because we're lacking that at the moment in this room <laughs> well uh we were actually in vegas with a group of 14 people or so and and as you were looking at the strippers you turned to her <laughs> <laughs> no no that was after <laughs> um, as you watched the magician being eaten by the tiger you turned around and said was it a Donny Osmond show no it was not it was uh, actually in the Star Trek bar in uh, <laughs> uh, I don't remember one giant the, uh... step for mankind <laughs> it was in a Star Trek bar live long yeah, and prosper Quark. lovely Quark's bar. it's not there anymore and uh, yeah that's where I asked her well it Some must have worked she agreed, apparently. Was it planned? Oh, was it planned? Was it planned, or did it just pop up? No, it was, it was planned. I had a ring. And then you went to the Elvis chapel? Uh, no, not with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there's still time. Romance isn't dead. We can still squeeze the last Great. few pips out of that before we pass this mortal coil. Miss Morris, what? you have to guess how many proposals are made on Urine Express. 521. 521. I have heard about how much it costs because I wanted to go on yeah. the Orient Express. If you're going to propose anywhere, it better be for a three to $8,000 ride. Wow. So if any men are listening to that currently in prison, you know how to win the heart yes. of Miss Morris. Michelle, your number is 521. What are you looking at here? 125. 125. Scott, you have your chance to win your slippery points of the evening. How many proposals are made on the Orient Express every year? Oh, I'm going to go low. I'm going to go 25. Wow, you're on fire, sir. This is a man... Who's asked many women to marry him? The correct answer is 30, so 25 wow. is a pretty decent guess. First of all, it doesn't make that many trips, and it doesn't have that many rooms or couchettes. Oh. So you're not going to have numbers up in the 521. I'd be surprised if 521 people even ride on that train every year. It's not going in and out. Do you, yeah. you want an Agatha Christie themed yeah. proposal, do you? And Johnny Depp. You want to stab in the dark. <laughs> And Johnny, <laughs> some people want it all. Dream big. 
Wow. <laughs> Remember, marriage is a workshop. He works, she shops. Oh, boy. On this day, in 1915, the Dinosaur National Monument in Colorado and Utah was established for the first time in the history of MQTA Radio. I cannot believe that bizarre, strange and fascinating facts about dinosaurs. Feeling more confident now, I'm guessing. No. You strike me as people that like dinosaurs. Yeah, Michelle likes dinosaurs. I do. Yeah, I'm very, very infused. I think you should get some points. In the 1993 movie Jurassic Park, how many minutes of dinosaur footage was there? Ooh. There. That's all you have to do to win your points this evening. 25. You are going to go with 25 minutes of actual, well, not actual dinosaurs, because they died 21. out, but dinosaur footage you are gonna, oh, you're spreading your chips aren't might you? be 18 so anything between 18 and 25 18 to 25 i think it's a holiday you can take i'm just saying 18 to 25 holidays there you go if you want chlamydia i guess no doubt oh that's what tends to happen i'm led to believe michelle how many footage of actual how many minutes of actual footage of dinosaurs were there in the film jurassic park 12 Oh, nice answer. You are going to go with a 12. Scott, you're on fire. What are you going to go with tonight? I'm going to have to go with zero minutes of actual dinosaur footage. I mean, <laughs> I think you misunderstood the question somewhat. <laughs> it's not actual dinosaur footage. Like They're they, not real, they, Scott. That's right. I'm sorry to break this to you, but the Stegosaurus hasn't been around for some time now. They're not um, real. To the tune of 125 million years. And we've only been around for 2 million, I might add. So well, have another stab. The way you asked the question. Wow. I, I agree, Scott. Whose idea was it to get him on board? Let's mute his <laughs> microphone. Wow. No. He's been on for two questions now. Oh, here we go. Morris is playing around with the soundboard. Don't just shout louder. It's going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to Let's keep me. Scott on. <laughs> wow. The lunatics have taken over the asylum. What would you like to add to that, Scott? Give me a sensible answer. Because there was dinosaur footage in that film. Because I remember seeing a big Tyrannosaurus Rex eye looking through a car window at one point. 40. You are going to go with Ooh, 40. I was going to say 46. Good Michelle, job, again, very close to the actual answer. Would you believe in the entirety of Jurassic Park there was just 15 minutes? I said 18. So how did you say <laughs> Michelle? You're closer. You went 18 to 25. <laughs> Okay, my philanthropy knows no bounds. I'll give you a couple of points for that. You give me so many different answers, I can't keep up. They're all right. My 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 <laughs> notepad at the moment looks like the score for the US Open in the Gulf, and you it looks like I've done two mind. rounds. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of craziness going Ooh. on in there. That's ridiculous. But 15 minutes, would you believe? Six minutes was CGI, and nine minutes was animatronics. That's remarkable, isn't it? Yes. It's almost like the film Alien, where you only see the alien very briefly yeah. in small parts. Kind of adds to the tension, doesn't it, I guess? Yeah. You can win some extra points if you tell me what the word velociraptor actually means, Miss Morris. How's mm. your Latin? What are you thinking there? Um... Velociraptor. If you actually studied at school, this would be easy to work out, I would suggest. That's boring. Well, you were under the bleachers, weren't you, smoking? No, I wasn't. And all the years later, <laughs> you get a question that if you'd have paid more attention at school... Do you see this? You'd My be nose itches. A... Yes, and this is why we have a camera in the studio to capture these moments. We'll uh, digitise that. No, we won't. Um, I would have to say... Uh, Velociraptor. Uh, mm, something about losing something. What's a veloc? 
I lost. It's an ice cream in Greece, isn't it? I'll take the Veloz <laughs> with a cherry and extra whipped cream. Would you like the Veloz? It's very good in Helgadiki at this time of year. Raptor. Mm, let me think about it. I know it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Okay, Miss Morris needs time to stick her brain in a bucket time. of warm soapy water just to get that energized. Michelle, did you spend time and attention at school studying your languages? So you're going to have a guess at Velociraptor. What's your best guess? Fast. Fast. Okay, I like where that's going. Anything else you'd like to add to that? Biter. Fast, oh. fast biter. There goes our new light in the studio. Fast biter. Sounds like one of your dates, that does. Yeah. Okay, you're going to commit to that. Scott, you seem like an erudite gentleman who's cerebrally... He's looking it up on his cell phone. Don't <laughs> hey. Scott, what are you going to pitch in for Velociraptor? Fast bird. Yeah. Oh, he did look it up on his phone. Well, it's wrong. No, no wait a bird second. Bird is avian. No, Avis. Listen. I know it's Avis true. was my grandma's name. Yes, and it means bird. No, as, it, as in aviary. It's a car rental company. And I and again, it's bird. <laughs> I would have to say, I think they're both right. Velocity. Velocity so, is speed, so I'm so, going to give Michelle yeah, a couple of points speed. and Scott a couple of points. Uh, raptor. If you think about raptor, you could work this carnivorous out. Carnivorous bird. Well, raptor means to take, so it's thief. It's fast thief. If you think of the rapture, oh. it's to take at the end of the Bible. I don't want to go into dark areas here, but rape, of course, comes from the word rapture. And we also have birds as well, raptors, don't we? Eagles, condors. Hawks, yeah, my favourite. That kind of carry on. But you were halfway there. Velociraptor is speedy thief. You could never hear a pterodactyl in the bathroom, of course, because the pee is silent. <laughs> I don't oh, get yeah. it. Happy days. Miss Morris get doesn't get it. <laughs> the only known giant seismosaurus, it's a saurod. What's so, a saurod? What's a saurod? <laughs> <laughs> no well <laughs> best to show you <laughs> what's a sawrod <laughs> oh my miss morris <laughs> yes it's a sawrod it's a giant a giant sawrod a giant sawrod <laughs> i believe they come in many wondrous colors better than a sore ass <laughs> oh my. i wouldn't know that's outrageous. That's the last time I'm drinking anything you prepare for me. Oh, no, it's not. There are many large dinosaurs. <laughs> Brontosaurus doesn't exist anymore. They've declassified that. But Seismosaurus, Gigantosaurus, these are the big dinosaurs you see lumbering around the size of apartment blocks. There's only one dinosaur fossil ever been found for a Seismosaurus. And it appears to have died how that fossil showed earthquake how that particular dinosaur died it's the only example in the world of a seismosaurus it's one of the big ones earthquake you're thinking how did that get shown in a fossil by the way it fell into a crevice it fell into a crevice yep. <laughs> happy yep. days michelle how did the only known fossil of a seismosaurus die tar pit it fell into a tar pit Good God. I, I just I can't imagine where these are coming from. Scott, how do you think that dinosaur died based on the fossil? I was going to say buried in a, in a landslide. I will tell you, there's no <laughs> points to be won here. It choked to death on a stone. The stone was wedged in its mouth. And I believe they used to eat stones because it aided in their digestion. The stones used to rattle around in their stomachs 
That's what and, chickens uh, do. That's exactly crop. right. And of course, a chicken is related to a dinosaur. True. See I'm this... eating a dinosaur? <sighs> yes, that is true. I like crispy true. dinosaur. <laughs> I like dinosaur eggs, especially omelettes. You like original. Over easy. <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur wings. <laughs> Terrible. But yes, it, there was a stone stuck in its chops. It had choked yeah. on a stone and died and then become fossilized. Good. Of course, good news for the Vikings that choking is covered by Obamacare. Mm. <laughs> See, I've been here long enough in this country now to distinguish what goes on in the world of football and baseball, whereas previously I had no clue. How did filmmakers recreate the sound of a T-Rex walking for the film Jurassic Park? There is a name for the people that make all the sounds, and for the life oh, of me, I, I can't remember. It's a really yeah. interesting name. I'm sure someone listening in our listening party... It's not Claude Stoppers. What it's, is it? It's a very, what? It's a very... Um, interesting word and i can't for the life I bet of me remember you Martin knows. there'll be someone on facebook right now yeah. posting that on our walls if you want to know what that is but the people that make the sounds because the gentleman who made the sound for example in the exorcist when linda blair's character's head turns around and it's creaking he holds uh, an old leather wallet a billfold up to the microphone and, and moves it backwards and forwards and mm. there is a name for those people i want to know how they recreated the sound of a t-rex walking Dropping a wet mattress from a five-story building. What if it was a six-story building? Do you still want the points? Yes, it could be a heavy T-Rex. So what floors are we looking at? Between which floors of an apartment building, just so I get this right? Between five and 20. And what type of mattress is it? Uh, Extra stuffed. Okay. Perhaps a memory foam. Wow. That's I've spent wet. so long on the road that my memory foam mattress has forgotten <laughs> who I am. 100% true. So you're going to go with some kind of stuffed mattress from the apartment block. That's wet. Between floors two and what? No, not two. Okay. Six, maybe five, and 20. Well, if it's two, you're going to be disappointed now, aren't you? Miss Corrie. How did they recreate the sound of a T-Rex walking for the film Jurassic Park? Let your imagination run wild. Or That's not. a hard one. I can come back to you if you want time for your warm Yeah, go to Scott. To Scott, it's your lucky day. You get to answer the question second. How did they recreate a T-Rex walking? How about a construction pile driver? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whoa. I like where you're going with that. Is there anything coming up, Michelle, or do you want me to jump in and give it to you? I got it. Okay. It was a professional wrestler. Okay. Jumped off the top rope. Okay. Into the ring. Into the ring. Boom. Is is anything on the floor of the ring? Is anything been spread? Is there some viscous aqueous after, solution spread no, on the canvas? But after he jumped, he got hit by a chair. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll put all those things together. No one got the right answer, which is hardly a surprise based on the <laughs> quality of that. It was the sound of a sequoia tree crashing to the <gasps> ground after being cut down. And I they, was close. How's that? How's what? How? When? <laughs> Who cut down a sequoia? A lumberjack of some description, I would guess. Once you go lumberjack... Never go back. Apparently. Canada's a very popular place. On this day, in 1860, Sidney Paget. Would you like to have a guess what Sidney Paget did that made him famous, or should I just give you the answer? He Sydney, was a judge. He's British. In a contest. He was born on this day in 1860. His name's Sidney Paget. And he was a judge. He was a judge? He was in a, a contest. polo... Polo player. Player. <laughs> yes, because we have huge, vast polo fields in inner famous? London, of course. 
he was famous for doing certain things, and I will put you out of your oh, misery. Geez. He was an illustrator, and he was famous for illustrating the Sherlock Holmes novels. Ooh. If you remember those fantastic little pen and ink illustrations mm-hmm. for the Arthur Conan Doyle Sherlock Holmes illustrations. He was so... born on this very day. Absolutely, he oh. was. In 1860, he died in 1908. So for the very first time in the history of MQ, TA Radio, I cannot believe that strange, bizarre, and fascinating facts about Sherlock Holmes. See what we're doing here. We're covering dinosaurs. We're covering the Orient Express. We've got Sherlock Holmes. There's a theme developing. I like this genre. She's very entertaining. I you said the Urine Express. The Urine Express. <laughs> now arriving at platform two. Your accent's killing me. <laughs> you want to ride on the Urine Express, do you? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. That, that'll account for Boxcar Willie. Oh, my God. I love mm-hmm. this show. Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes was inspired by who in Arthur Conan Doyle's life? Who inspired Sherlock Holmes for him? Who in his life do you think he looked at that person and thought do you know what? That would make a great character. I would have to say it was his granddad. He looked at his granddad and thought there is Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. I need to write a story of Mm -hmm. a detective around my granddad. Mm -hmm. If he's not giving me Werther's originals, he's sitting me on my knee. And we're watching an afternoon of baseball. Yep. Michelle, who inspired Sherlock Holmes for Arthur Conan Doyle? His uncle. His uncle. We're just running through members of his family yeah. now, aren't we? Yep. Scott, who do you think in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's life inspired the character of Sherlock Holmes? His gym teacher. Wow. <laughs> Did they have gym teacher? Well, Scott is 100% correct. I shall give you some more points. It wasn't his gym teacher, but it was his teacher. His teacher was a gentleman called Dr. Joseph Bell. He was a lecturer at Edinburgh University, and he could apparently diagnose any patient just by looking at them. And he thought this was so impressive, he turned that into the character of Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is the most popular film character that's human. He's appeared in 200 and 26 films. Does anyone want to jump in and tell me the person that's got 239 films and a few more but isn't human? Dracula. Dracula. You've nailed that on the head, Miss Morris. As we stumble towards Halloween, climbing out of the crypt with bandages unravelling around us. Halloween. Why did Conan Doyle kill off Sherlock Holmes after two years? He had a very good reason doing that. What are your thoughts, Miss Morris? Why did he kill off his most famous and lucrative character? He didn't. He really did come back, didn't he? he yes, came, he did. But that was many years later. I don't care. As he, he fell off back the waterfall with the there with yeah. mm-hmm. Moriarty. Yeah. It still doesn't answer the question. He needed a break. He suffered an illness. He suffered an illness. He needed a break. Yeah. I'll kill him off. Yeah, and then I'll bring him back when I get better. Why did he kill off the character of Sherlock Holmes? He took a trip on the Orient Express and didn't come back for a while. He was trodden on by a dinosaur somewhere yeah. just outside of Nice. It's yes. possible. Scott, why did he kill off Sherlock Holmes? He got married and was distracted with other things. I'm going to give Morris a couple more points. He was bored. He oh. said he spent so much time working on Sherlock Holmes that he had no time for anything else. So after two years of solidly working on that, it was such a distraction for him, he killed him off because he was bored. Huh. There you go. Yeah. What is that yellow door, Holmes? It's a lemon entry, my dear Watson. 
terrible. That was then, but this is now. We're going to do a shortened version of the mailbag, but we'll have a cheer for the mailbag. Yay! Mailbag! Mailbag! There is a reason for that, because on next week's show, our 250th episode, I'm going to jump heavily into the mailbag, and we're going to double up. So if you want to write on my Facebook wall, and I think there was a thread, if people want to bring it and bump it back up to the top, there was a discussion about how people first listened to MQT and how they found it. So we're going to do an extra long mailbag next week but i do want to thank lisa and john we got a fabulous oh. little parcel in the post this week we did. thank you so we got much. A, some wine that the ladies are currently working their way through as we speak i got some fabulous english tea and they've made us a really nice metal sign it's hanging up it's got pride of place in the studio if you're a patron and you pay a dollar and i will come to that in a moment we are waving right now to the camera Hola. we are recording everything we're doing in the studio and you can watch us messing around in the studio and doing this show and they put together a fabulous sign for us i want to thank them it says mqta we don't do orbs that's fabulous i want to thank them for that thank you i also want to mention some very kind donations sent to the studio this week we thought last week that we had problems with the mics and some of the leads because of the water and the constant moisture and flooding we have in our studio and we just thought that it was down to that we then later discovered that we'd been struck by lightning and it fried the soundboard, all of the cables and one of the microphones. Yep. So what do you think between ourselves? We've now had a plague of frogs, biblical flooding, and we've been struck by lightning. Speaking of which, I think there's a bat in the corner and I'm not joking. I've been staring at it. Which corner point? What, behind, behind my you, head? Right Hang on, there. let me just have a look. Let me turn around. It's on <gasps> the middle of the curtain. Oh, shoot. Where yep, we have a bat in the studio. <laughs> I love him. It's now the bat cave. Oh, my word. Wow. <laughs> did you not know? This is just, I was did I not know? Yeah, I'm sat here doing a show with oh, a bat climbing all over me. It's beautiful. I was looking at it during the beginning of this oh. show. Buddy? <laughs> Bloody Noah's Ark in here. I'm like Dr. Doolittle. This is outra- I'm blaming you, Morris. Look at your Doolittle. shoulders now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a little bit tense now. It's like a foot behind me on the curtain. I this don't. is like the worst. I thought it was going to be spider. It's but like no. the scene of a Christmas vacation. I'm going to be Chevy Chase running up and down the stairs with a bat on my no. back. Yeah. We'll sort that out with a tennis racket later. Oh, baby. I'm just saying, Miss Morris embraces the darkness. Uh-huh. We've now got bats, frogs, flooding, lightning Sound strikes. Landers. Yeah. The point I was stumbling towards <laughs> was the fact we've had some very kind donations to the studio to help us pay. For new equipment. So I want to thank those individuals. They didn't want to have their name read out on air. Oh, but they thank do you know so much. Who so they much. Are. Do you wish to tell our lovely ladies yeah. and gentlemen what they get on Patreon? If they go to patreon.com, search for MQTA Radio and donate a single dollar to the show, would you like to tell them all the wondrous and fabulous things they're going to get while I go back there and fetch a tennis racket? You no. leave him alone. I'm going to call him Herman. He's Love. our baby. 15. Well, what you get if you join Patreon is we are restructuring and we're thinking about redoing Patreon, perhaps a little bit. But what you'll get is always, always early release of the shows, videos when we can get them up, special releases of shows that aren't aired anywhere else but on Patreon. Plus, we have some upcoming projects that will only be on Patreon. 
So that's just some of the things, as well as maybe some other surprises Ooh. in the near future. One or two people have let their Patreon subscription uh, slip, and sure. we don't mind that, of course, because no, we, no, we, we have no, no, no expectation. No. But this show costs us a lot of money. We have to pay for the studio equipment. We have to pay for all of the platforms we're on. And it is free. You get this delivered to you sure. free of charge. We have to pay for all of the platforms we're on, and we're on many many platforms and i'll read through all of those shortly just paper cost alone of printing out all of the stories there are many many overheads and we do this for the love of it so every single cent that you donate to the show literally gets fed back into the show we're not in this to make money we're not in this to profiteer in any way shape or form it literally is self-funding and we appreciate your contributions and we are running a little bit low on that so if perhaps you wanted to be so kind enough as to donate a dollar there's no expectation you can listen to the show free. It will be free. It's always been free. Sure. But we do appreciate your contributions. I actually want to make a point that this show happens because of all the support yes. that we do have. So it's because of you people on Patreon that we have a show up. I'm welling yeah. up. I'm, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Yeah. It's our 250th episode next week. Can you believe that? 200 and 50 episodes and, and i'm not being big-headed there's no ego attached right. to this but every single episode has been on the money if you go back six years and listen to the first series they still hold up they still have value i don't ever remember leaving the studio and thinking wow that didn't go very right. well sure. everyone is on the money and i think that's because we read out the stories of the news each week and they're sure. all new Always. It continually refreshes yeah. itself, doesn't it? And we really couldn't have done it without him. No, there's a lot of so. longevity in that, so I appreciate that. Would you like to list those platforms that we have to pay for while we're on the subject? Well, if you're actually searching, you should be able to find us anywhere as long as you search out MQTA Radio. Our main focus is Spotify, iTunes, CastBox. TuneIn, Buzzsprout. TuneIn, Brussels Sprouts. GasBox. GasBox. I listen on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh, soundcloud.com mqta radio if you're listening on soundcloud right now why not press the little orange love heart show us how much you appreciate what we do and if you want to listen in our archives our listeners get an extra 20 to 25 minutes extra would you like to tell them what we get in the round of not for your mother we get naughty we do get naughty a bit disturbing mm. well you do get disturbing we I get a stay... bucket yeah there are many wondrous buckets <laughs> around the studio <laughs> We get people wasted. to use. Yeah, well, you do. Again, <laughs> I'm drinking. Like the bucket. I'm drinking tea. <laughs> On the back of the fact that you can't manage it, what you get is an extra 20 to 25 minutes of a round called "Not for Your Mother" that we yeah. cannot read out on air because it's laden with filth. When we're looking for the stories of the strange, the bizarre, <laughs> and the paranormal, we stumble across stories of a sexual nature, of an adult nature that we cannot read out on You're air because right. we'll get yeah. removed. Yeah. yeah. But if you go looking for us on our platforms, we do that extra round. We stay in the studio at the top of the hour, and it's filth. And people say that's the funniest and favourite part <laughs> of the show. That's and you will favourite for us too. Get that yeah. as a little Easter egg. It is always good fun. So you're more than yeah. welcome to do that. And for your dollar on Patreon, you get to see the video of us in the studio as well. You can always listen first, of course, on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Central Time on the Dark Matter Digital Network. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. If you wish to find me on Twitter, it's Adrian underscore Lee underscore Tips. That's T-I-P-S. We have 100,000 followers on there. And if you're interested in anything to do with history, hauntings, the paranormal, UFOs, being psychic, there are my books. I've written the books Mysterious minnesota mysterious midwest how to be a christian psychic and my latest book that only came out several weeks ago 
is called Ghosts and UFOs Connecting Paranormal Phenomena Through Quantum Physics. If you go to Amazon, search for Adrian Lee, everything is on there for you. Congratulations. Yes. Why, that's very kind of you. It's been received very well and I've already got excellent reviews. Talking of that, put these in your diary. Next Thursday, I'm in Morton in Renville County at the Historical Society there. I'm starting a talk. I believe that's the 10th of October. I'm starting a talk at 6.30. I believe it's $5 to get in. I think it's a donation, actually, to the food shelf. But I'm giving my talk on UFOs and ghosts. If you're around in Renville County in southwest Minnesota, I'm going to be there on the 10th. This is a big one. Minneapolis, the new Brighton Centre, 1 o'clock on Saturday. That's Saturday the 12th of October. I'm going to be giving my talk on UFOs and ghosts to move on the mutual UFO network. We're going to nice. have a big turnout. It's going to be filmed. So if you want to come along, that's going to be filmed. And that's one o'clock, I believe, at the New Brighton Centre. New Brighton, Minneapolis, one o'clock on Saturday the 12th. There's some big gigs coming, aren't there? Yes. Now, we've got Scott online. And uh, we're going to be talking now about some of the investigations we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Because I know how much you love us talking about our investigations and we're going to play one or two little ghostly clips for you firstly we were filming a documentary in redwood county it's 130 years to the month that a gentleman was called william rose and he got hung twice for a crime he never committed in redwood falls in redwood county it was claimed that he shot a gentleman dead but it was very dark it was only circumstantial evidence. He went to trial and there was no decision. He went to a second trial, still no decision. At the third trial, two years later, on flimsy evidence, William Rose was accused of the murder of Moses Lufkin and was hung. And unfortunately, the rope snapped and he fell to the floor in a thud and they had to string him up again. The man, they had to hang twice. The jail cell he spent his final night in back in 1891 still exists. It's at the back of the Redwood County Historical Society Museum, where the gallows was erected, also exists. That's in one of the little alleyways in Redwood Falls, behind the courthouse where the stockade used to be. And would you believe, 45 minutes drive from the town of Redwood is a small town called Tracy. And would you believe that the gentleman that was hung for the murder he didn't commit is buried 50 yards away from the gentleman that was shot dead in the same little cemetery in the middle of nowhere, in a cornfield. And that's just remarkable. So Scott and myself went with a film crew. It was very successful. What was your highlight of that investigation, Scott? What things came up for you while you were helping me out there uh, that you thought were remarkable? What were your highlights of that investigation? Well, I thought the whole filming process was interesting. I've never been involved in anything like that before. And that was really crazy. You know, a lot of hurry up and wait, and then all of a sudden, a lot of action going on. Sounds like your love uh, life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but did you uh, manage to film that as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck. Wow. <laughs> Some of the underwater shots are amazing. <laughs> Can't go back to that swimming pool. So, what were the highlights? What, in terms of paranormal evidence, do you think was outstanding? What stuck in your mind? Well, during the review, I had been running an SLS camera. Uh, through the investigation in the jailhouse, and during the filming, the actor was was filmed holding on to the bars, looking out the window, and I've captured 
uh, maybe 30 seconds of the stick figure that, that, that shows up on the SLS holding onto the bars in the same position that uh, Chris the actor was, uh, was doing. I've never seen that. that. That was remarkable. We got the uh, gentleman, Chris, the actor, while we were filming, was dressed in period costume. He actually looked like William Rose with a handlebar moustache. We did a little piece where he was hanging onto the bars and looking out of the window at his freedom, his last night before he got hung. And as Scott said, we were running the SLS camera, and as soon as the actor moved away after the shot was cut, there was a ghost we caught on camera as a little stick man hanging onto the bars of the window as well. That was That was remarkable. I thought it was very interesting that we spoke to William Rose and he actually implicated another gentleman in town that he thought had killed the man and he claimed his innocence. And when we went to the graveside and we spoke to the gentleman that was murdered, he also gave the same name of the guy that they thought killed him. And uh, at the end of this process, on the gallows, William Rose said, one day my innocence will be proven. Well, 130 years later, speaking to them paranormally, they both highlighted the gentleman that they thought actually had murdered them, and he ran off with Moses Lufkin's money, inherited the money, and ran off to Oregon. And it would appear that he was the gentleman, both of them implicated, and he did a runner. You would say under those circumstances, that looks very guilty. But at the end of the process, I was standing in the twilight with the camera crew, with the sound man, the producer, the director, the actor. I'm standing there next to the gravestone in Tracy. The light's getting darker. The sun's going down. And I just said, thank you for helping me out. Thank you for proving your innocence. Thank you for coming back and talking to us through the equipment. And he actually thanked me. He said, thank you. And I walked away from the gravestone and that was the last shot. That was a remarkable moment. There was barely a dry eye in that cemetery. It was uh, outstanding what we got there. Now, last weekend, we ended up in a place called Menominee. It's in Wisconsin. It's a fabulous, very, very historic how would you describe it? Almost a Baroque. It's all gold, amazing uh, woodwork. It's just an amazing looking. I wouldn't say Art Deco. It's earlier than that. It's almost an Art Nouveau style in the Baroque. And the place is called the Mabel Tainter Theatre. If you get a chance to go, it is truly a remarkable piece of architecture. I want to thank the uh, the crew that was with me out there. The International Paranormal Society came with me for the weekend. It was a big paranormal expo expo called <laughs> well it's menominee and paranomicon and very difficult words to pronounce on the radio sure. this late at night but we had a fabulous time i want to thank alison for organizing all of that while she was there and a, a very very uh big thank you to jeff who uh, invited me there and i'll give him a shout out we had a weekend would you like to describe to our listeners who you met and who you hung out with all weekend miss morris well, I went to the event to be with the International Paranormal Society and to peddle my wares as the oddly intriguing collection. So I had little voodoo dolls and hands with eyes in the middle of the palm and terrible teddies. And, and now you understand, ladies and gentlemen, why we've had a plague of frogs, lightning <laughs> strikes and biblical flooding. And there's a bat in the corner. And a bat in the corner. <laughs> He's still there. He's so cute. Wow, yeah, he's still there. I'm just checking to make sure he's... Rest assured, if he takes off, we'll all be screaming. Oh, yeah. I'll end up getting bitten and I'll look to shave in the morning and won't be able to see my reflection. That's what's going to happen. So, needless to say, um, I, I was sitting there and I had a great weekend meeting all the people and the staff were amazing. And lo and behold, up to my table trots 
Grant Wilson and his. He doesn't come over to me. He goes Lindsay. up to the. The, to the, the voluptuous blonde is what he goes up to. I get With ignored. With fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. chopped liver at this stage. Well, and his assistant, Lindsay, is amazing and such a sweetheart. And I had such a good time talking with them both. And I have never met someone that had truly inspired me. He inspired me, oh God, over 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. I had been following his work, and he is such a genuinely nice guy. I just, if you ever have the chance to meet him, honestly, he is, he's for real, and he loves it. And I talked to his assistant, and she said, yeah, isn't it annoying? Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he just loves meeting well, people. Back, he loves it. I was selling my books, and I just watched every vampire and leech kind of come up to him and be sycophantic, and I felt yeah, bad, bad for him. But yeah. the, he was nice and genuine. He was, To yeah. every single person, when he could easily have, you know... Such a sweetie. ...been a bit snappy and frictious, but that wasn't the case at all. No, he's still, like, he just became a star yesterday, and it's amazing. Now, I was a keynote speaker. I did a, sp- uh, a talk just before... I was his fluffer. I did a talk before Ooh, Grant great. Wilson. Travis Walton was there, the UFOlogist, the was, guy that yeah. was abducted uh, back in the 70s, and they based a film on his abduction called Fire in the Sky. I got to meet him as well. So it was a fabulous weekend, but we did an investigation with guests and mm-hmm. the International Paranormal Society in this fabulous theatre on a Friday night. Right. Miss Morris, something happened to you that you say has never happened to you before and was probably one of the highlights of your ghost hunting career. So would you like to tell everyone what happened to you late on Friday night in that theatre? Uh, we took the first group up to the reverend's room. It's and, a little office off the mm-hmm. auditorium. And I have um, little equipment. Uh, they're little, they look like hockey pucks, but they go off due to motion. They're, they're little senses. lights. Yeah. And so I had about seven of them scattered across the perimeter, probably 20, 25 feet apart in a big circle. And everybody was sitting in the middle of them. Nobody was near them. And one particular question, and her name was Beth, and she was also a sweetheart. Um, She wanted to ask a question, and she asked the question. And at that moment, every light, every light we had in that building, in that room, went off simultaneously. And it lit up. It had to look like a beam from the street, you know, like on Ghostbusters. That's how, how bright it was in there. And, of course, we were all screaming like girls. We were all girls. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> See, I couldn't have said that because that would have been sexist if I'd have said no, that. No, could you could have said you screamed like Scott. <gasps> oh, yeah. That is true. Yes. <laughs> but it, if I had to say anything, um, Gloria was there and Karen was there from our team. And we just looked at each other and it was absolutely an awe and wonder. And we have to list that, honestly. Right up there in the top three things that have ever, ever happened on an investigation. Wow. And the guests were lucky enough to be with us when it happened. Scott and myself took another group on the other side of the theatre. And we've come up with some uh, fabulous evidence that we're going to play you now. Because I know how much our listeners enjoy hearing our evidence. Scott, if you want to talk us through the first little clip we've got here, and uh, we'll play that. But just set this up for our listeners. Where were you and what were you doing at this point? This is immediately after our second vigil. Uh, You took all of the uh, people back down to the basement to meet up with Heather's group, and I took my digital voice recorder 
and I put it on the stage, and I'm walking away, and I'm explaining what I'd like them to do while there's nobody in the room, and and I've just explained how the digital voice recorder works, and I said thank you as I was walking out, and a woman immediately replies, you're welcome, then a, then a man says something which I can't make out, and then with nobody on that floor or in the in the area, they'll hear footsteps. Sounds like boots, hard show, hard soled shoes walking across the stage. There's at least four distinct footsteps. Well, let's have a listen to that now. Just to remind our listeners, there's no one else in the auditorium. You're on your own. You put a little DVR on the stage. You just say thank you. And what people are listening for is a female voice that's a ghost directly after that moment saying you're welcome. And then you hear footsteps backwards and forwards across the stage when there's no one. There's not a single person in that auditorium, is there, Scott? Okay, well, let's have a listen to that, and hopefully we'll we'll hear the voice of a female ghost coming up. Thank you. Now, we'll jump to the third one, Scott, because uh, for alacrity, the third one's a really good one here. Um, we were doing some baseline readings. There was a, a semicircular room off of the main auditorium where gentlemen would go back in the day to chat and smoke their cigars, almost like a drawing room, a withdrawing room. And I'm doing some baseline readings, and uh, I mentioned what the temperature is. So do you want to talk us through what this sounds like? What have we captured here on our recording, Scott? Much covers it. Uh, one of the ladies there mentioned that the temperature was changing, and you were reading out the numbers and discussing why the temperature might have changed. And a woman is going to say, "You should know." Yes. So I'm just going to make a point. I read out what the temperature is. We're making a note of it. It's our baseline test. We're very science orientated. And again, you'll hear a female ghost jump in straight after I talk and say, "You should know." Sixty-six point seven. That makes me happy. <laughs> And we're going to jump in and make a... That's awesome. You can hear that loud and clear. That sounds uh, fabulous. You couldn't get better EVPs in many respects. I mean, they're very clear. They're Class A, aren't they? And this is without equipment. This is ghosts actually speaking and us capturing on our digital voice recorders, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It is. We'll just do the last one very quickly and we'll get through this. You're now running a spirit box and we're in the main auditorium and the theatre is called the Mabel Tainter theatre. So do you want to talk our listeners through the final one we're going to play here and uh, tell them what they need to listen out for? Yeah, I'm going to ask if um, if Mabel Tainter is in the auditorium because someone had said earlier that they thought they'd heard her name and you're going to hear a woman say Mabel and you're also going to hear a gentleman say yes. So let's have a listen to that. You're listening to the word Mabel come through the ghost box, the scanning device here and we're in the Mabel Tainter Theatre, so let's have a listen to that. There, there was something there. Mabel, are you with us right now? Could you would you come and talk to me for a minute? That comes through very clearly. I mean you can hear that very well. It's always very chilling, isn't it, when they give a name or they call your own name out. That's something I've never got used to over the years. It's very disconcerting sometimes when you hear your name. We have so much recorded evidence that we're going to create a Dropbox and we'll share that 
with the Mabel Tainter Theatre. Again, I want to thank them for having us there to investigate over the weekend. We got lots of paranormal evidence and uh, more than we could possibly play on a show. But we're now running into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. We can squeeze a couple of stories in, I'm sure, Miss Morris. She's nodding her head. If I read them fast, we can squeeze them in, surely. We can get one or two in. One. One story. Wow. And remember, we don't do orbs. You can now stay in one of America's most haunted houses if you're brave enough. A Tennessee hotel with a creepy history is open to the public for the first time, allowing a $20 million renovation. The Reed's House Room 311 is known as the Annalisa Netherly's Room. It is named after the woman said to haunt the facilities after she was decapitated in a bathtub by a former lover, though some suggest she committed suicide in her own jealous rage. So no historical facts to back this up then? The hotel room in Chattanooga has now been open for bookings for every Thursday in October from the 3rd through to the 24th and Halloween night for a one-night stay. The limited dates mark the only times that the restored room 311 will be available to book this year. According to websites, however, only Halloween night is still up for grabs. The room was home to the legendary 1920s murder and housed Al Capone on his way to his federal tax evasion. It's amazing how many people claim that famous people have stayed in their hotel. Yeah. I was in Franklin, which is a small town in Renville County, and the lady came up to me who ran the uh, bar, and it's now a bar. There's a, a, an abandoned hotel upstairs, if you like, which used for storage. And she said, wow, John Dillinger stayed here in 1936. And I said, wow, that's impressive. He died in 1933. So people <laughs> just make up any old thing to get people interested historically in buildings. People don't use the facts anymore. They don't do the historical research, do they, Miss Morris? No. It is also available for daily visits for fearless visitors, but it's not been available for stay since the renovation restored it to its creepy former glory. General Manager Ken Merkel said in a statement to Forbes, after reading all of the accounts of the haunted room 311, we knew the best thing to do was to restore the room to make Annalisa Netherly's comfortable with no modern amenities. They claim she killed herself, or in a jealous rage, her partner killed her. They don't know the ins and outs, but there is paranormal activity. There's flickering lights, unexplained noises, ghostly apparitions, and running water in the bathroom, according to the hotel's website. But you're welcome to go and stay the night, if you've got the time and the money, and that's in Chattanooga. Dead in the bath. Or they're having a laugh. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee as we stumble towards the end of the show. We now enter around that we call not for your mother, which means you found us on one of our platforms. So thank you for being tech savvy and coming to search for us. We appreciate your support. Why not post on your social media sites and your own platforms that you're listening to the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world this is a part of the show we can't do on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine but on our platforms on soundcloud on itunes on stitcher tuning radio and everywhere else we can pretty much do what we want these are the stories from around the world laden with adult content that we cannot read out but it's fun to read them out now some mm-hmm. people say it's their favorite part of the show And if you wish to spend a dollar and go on to patreon.com and search for MQTA Radio, we're now waving to the camera that's in the studio, and you can actually watch us deliver the stories of sexual 
nature. Except for Scott, he's not here. He's yeah. laughing in the background. Yes. Yeah. But I'm waving. He's waving. <laughs> I'm sure he's waving all yes. fingers, isn't now, he? Now, now use your hands. <laughs> he's got a hand-free mic, apparently. <laughs> this is how this works. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, uh, she can date Scott. If there's small children in the room, they need to be removed. Docs told Brit his penis could die without surgery after a two-day erection. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't be wasting any time. If I had 48 hours, God, I'd end up with a nub and a handful of sand, I suspect. You'd make the most of those opportunities, wouldn't He'll you? He'll do the nub rub. <laughs> I've ordered that in Buffalo Wild Wings. Wow. Sawrod. A saw rod. A saw rod's a dinosaur. Dinosaur rod? (laughs) Extinct. (laughs) Lovely. Well, I know a Tyrannosaurus Rex isn't doing anything. His arms aren't long enough. A Brit has revealed he thought his willy would die. What it needs is the kiss of life at that point. When he got an erection lasting two days and surgeons had to operate to save it, Elliot Rossiter, 41, begged them to help after his own efforts failed. His own efforts was like a bag of frozen peas from the freezer, no less. Necrophilia. During 26 hours of excruciating pain. Gangrenous. Doctors in France, where he was on holiday, so not only does he have a two-day erection, but he's now got to go to a doctor in a foreign country and try and use sign language to highlight... Oh, we Dead. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yes, yes. What else have you got? <laughs> French fry. Brie, French fry. Anything else you'd like to add? Charles Aznavour. What are we looking at? Um, Sauvignon. Okay. Sauvignon. I don't know what that means. Is it's it a gravy region. boat? No, it's a region. I just <laughs> gravy boat. It's a varietal. Wow. Psoriasis. French was something that happened to right. psoriasis. <laughs> That's a holiday resort just outside of Monica. I spent two weeks in psoriasis. <laughs> Fabulous weather, nice people. Do- wow. Doctors in France, where he was on holiday. I'm just imagining pointing now and kind of like oh. trying to... I mean, where in your phrase book is I've got swollen erection for two days? I mean, once you get past the, you know... You shouldn't the... have to point at it. It should point out itself. <laughs> like Bridget Jones' diary. Marking the Lieben. Oh, nice. <laughs> What's that about marking the That's weenus? German. German. Marking your weenus. Marking your weenus? Yeah, he plays left back for Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> Apparently... It was a rare reaction to coming off painkillers. And they had to inject his penis with steroids. <laughs> so, so wait, if you take painkillers, yes. your penis swells up. If you suddenly come off them, it's possible that that what could What do you happen. mean suddenly come off He stopped taking them. Oh, I see. But, I don't. But that failed and he was rushed to hospital where surgeons warned without an op he would never be able to have an erection again. What were mm. they supposed to do? Well, Poke a small it? hole was cut in the base of his willy to drain out the blood and restore it to a normal size after 36 hours. In fact, I believe he used his phrase book to say, I want something to take away the pain but keep the swelling. So they took... And put a hole in the his, base. They drained it. His angel's banjo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember 
in the scenes of the rapture when the angels came down the banjo player. But which, which one was that? Gabriel? Who was the banjo player? No, it's Earl. <laughs> the angel's banjo. Well, Pop, I didn't know you'd studied biology. So describe for me the angel's banjo. Is it that banjo? It's a, str- a banjo string, maybe. <laughs> This doesn't help you've had three quarters of a bottle of schnapps, does it, this evening? It's liqueur. Oh, I'm sorry. I see its face. You see its face? You can sell that on eBay. It meant Elliot, it was the only angel wearing plaid, I might add. Yes. It meant Elliot could not be intimate with his girlfriend for a month. Well, I'm sure other avenues will have to be explored. (sighs) He said, I've never experienced pain like it. It was absolute agony and I was terrified. I thought it would never go away. It was bigger than a usual erection. I wouldn't stop throbbing. At one point, a clown came by and made balloon animals. (gasps) Nice. I've made a camel. A banjo. I couldn't let my clothes touch it. That's how painful it was. Sheesh. Wow. In fact, he looked into the end of it and uh, started doing fortune telling. I just thought I'd share that with you. Mm. Apparently, he saw me going on a long trip and being lucky with money. They basically said my penis would die if I didn't have an operation. Wow. The blood had just collected in my penis and wasn't draining away. I would like to have children at some point and wondered if I'd ever get the chance. The condition can be caused by a withdrawal from medication. And he had been on painkillers after tearing a leg ligament while skiing in 2012. Occupational therapist Elliot of Bristol eventually quit the medication and jetted to Nice for a week with his partner Sarah Willis, 32, who's uh, also got now swollen ligaments in her elbow and shoulders. Yep. Sure. She's got tennis elbow now, apparently. Mm. Describing the moment the erection hit, he said, we sat around and it just came on. I tried to get rid of it. But I couldn't. So for the first time on MQTA Radio, you'll get a point for each one called out. If it just came on and there was no indication that it would happen and he couldn't get rid of it, what would be the worst place for that to happen? I'm going to start out with uh, a relative's funeral. Baptism. Swimming pool. McDonald's (laughs) drive-thru. Feel free to shout them out, Scott. Child's birthday party. Church. Wow. <laughs> oh, your grandma's funeral. Oh, been there. Wow. Oh. <laughs> That's a funny name, is it, Morris? <laughs> I just thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Angels banjo. <laughs> no angels banjos that I could see. <laughs> the old angels banjo. <laughs> can you imagine they're giving out the musical instruments. There you go. You can have a harp. Yep. Well, there's, there's a lute for you. You can have the lute. I was just thinking There's a trumpet the... for you. Your gave you. You can have the trumpet. Oh, let's have a look. We must have something back here for you. There's the banjo right there. For Christmas. You can see all these angels around the Christmas tree. Yes, a nativity scene. Yes, with all these beautiful gold instruments. Yes, and then the you Baroque have, period. And then you have the cross-eyed angel playing the banjo. <laughs> the hillbilly. Hallelujah, brother. Ding, ding, ding. Wow, I never knew you was into anatomy. Keep paddling. Michelle, (laughs) what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? 
a woman must have spent ages on her intricately plaited hairdo. Yes, women do spend a lot of time on mm-hmm. their hair, don't they? But when she posted a picture of it online, she probably didn't receive the reaction she was expecting. Many think the hairstyle looks rather phallic. Wow. I saw it, it did. Yeah. Yep, the whole of the back of her head, the flange, everything was there. It was in graphic detail. There was even. What's a li- flange? What's a flange? <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how would you describe a flange? Why, did, no, why don't you look no, it up? No, no. Morris, look up the word flange and see what the definition is. Go on the Webster's... Do I have to type in penis? Too? No, just put flange no. in. It's flange. like... A, and, and when you finish with the word flange... How do you spell it? F-L-A-N-G-E. <laughs> and when you finish with flange, put in welt, because I would say it had a welt as well. If I was going to describe it, there was definitely a welt, I believe. Flange well? No, flange. Go on. Type it in. The oh. Inglid, English Oxford, <coughs> the Inglid Oxford Dictionary. A flange. How are you doing with that? Are you getting yeah. there? Flan- What's a flange nut? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I see a flange nut. What is the definition? Did you put in definition? Hold on. there. That's a real thing, and it's metal. You've got to bear in mind that Miss Morris is now trying flange. to operate machinery, having drank three quarters of a bottle yeah, of... Yeah, don't type this in, of, kids. Uh, what was it? Black currant schnapps? Cherry schnapps? Cherry yeah, doctor. Was, oh, that stuff's got to be about 90%. No, it's not. It's only like eight. Right, Scott? Yeah. You're missing a zero there somewhere. He knows Stop the looking doctor. at the bottle. You told me. That. I don't Definition know. Definition of flange. Flange penis. No, just flange and don't no, look at image. No, because it gave me a wingnut. Michelle, carry corona on. Corona of glands penis. It's what? It's called a corona of glands <laughs> penis. A corona. Or a penis crown. Uh, there you go. So penis her hair crown. looks like a penis crown. Now look up the word welt, because I think that, that describes Flange, it. penis, welt. No, don't, just welt. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ban drinking. Michelle, carry on I'm your story. I'm trying, I'm Co- trying. <laughs> the first thing that comes up is causes of penis lumps. <laughs> put, that on, put that on, Wes, put that on Facebook. <laughs> wow. Scott, don't you wish you were in the studio? Whee! Yes, I certainly do, because I, w- I would help her with her stops. Uh, what, what does it say as the definition of welt? I'm still looking at the causes of the lumps. Welt. Welt. W-E-L-T. It's a I welt. I did it. So should I just have that all by itself? Yes, just put in welt on its own. And the lady's nude-colored hair <laughs> certainly doesn't do much to help matters either. Snaps of the hairdo have been sweeping Twitter, and they're being mercilessly mocked. Plus-size blogger Stephanie Yoba admitted, I must be tired because I thought this was the throbbiest of penises. Wow. Yeah. and It makes you wonder what she went to the hairdressers with and said, I want my hair to look like this. Yeah. And it seems like her followers agree, as 2,100 of them have liked the post. One commenter admitted, it wasn't until I read your tweet that I realized it wasn't. Another agreed, oh my god, me too. I had to double take at it. Others thought the hairstyle looked more like a sex toy than the real schlong. A Twitter user confessed, I thought it was a dildo. 
Another laughed. I was scrolling so fast, and I thought it was a wooden carved dildo, so... They thought her head was a dildo? Yeah. The yeah. hairdo. Hairdo. Nice. A third added, I totally saw a dildo. Looks like we won't be trying the braids anytime soon. If you wish to see such wonders, you can go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, did you get the Oxford English Dictionary? Nope. You didn't come up with wells. I do have definitions. Oh. Wikipedia uh-huh. says that Welt is a punk rock band from Orange County. Huh. But how did they get their name? Doesn't say that. Well, you've got more research to do. But Welt in the Urban Dictionary says she sucks Welt on a daily basis. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to leave that yeah, out of there. Yeah. Can I have her number? <laughs> yeah, it's on, the, it's on the toilet wall if you go in there. Jeez. A man was accused of shoplifting after staff saw a suspicious bulge in his jeans. Mm. But it turned out to be his 10-inch... Todger. Mm. I'm stopped all the time. I can't go to the shops anymore. I have to get everything on Amazon. Yes. Window fitter Steve Whitehurst, 47, showed security his member after a female manager raised the alarm. He had been buying £400 worth of stuff at Scott's Menswear with girlfriend Mandy. Scott's Menswear? Scott's Menswear. Scott. Oh, Scott. With girlfriend Mandy Shenton, 46, and her 18-month-old grandson. But things came to a head at the till when the store manager asked about his bulge. Steve, who claims he often has to roll up his manhood, said, I had very tight jeans on that day, and there was a bulge, yes. But it's not illegal. I can't help the way I'm made. What do you mean by rolled up? Rolled up how? Well. Like a ravioli? (laughs) Rolled up. Like a cinnamon bun? Well, you know when you've got your hose pipe and you roll it up to put it in the garage? Like that. The manager started arguing with me. She wouldn't let it go. I just kept telling her that it was my <laughs> penis. She wouldn't let it go. What are those party whistles you blow and they go... And it's yeah. Like, that rolls up. Noisemakers. There you go. Eventually I dropped my trousers in front of everyone and just stood there in my boxer shorts and said, See, I've got nothing to hide. She thought he'd stolen an oven-ready chicken out of the frozen aisle. Nice. But that didn't satisfy her. She kept saying, what's the bulge? He said he went into a cubicle with a male security guard at the local store in Stoke-on-Trent. Steve recalled I dropped my boxes. He shook his head and ran out and spoke with the manager. I heard her say, please tell me he's got something down there. And the guy said no. Oh, yeah. It was a weasel. He called last Sunday's outing the craziest experience of my life and has complained to the company owned by JD Sports. There you go. The battle of the bold shoplifting, Willie. Or don't be so silly. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, you have the last story. I have of... two. Well, let's Ooh. read them out then. One after the other. I need other. to ask a favor, though. Sure. Wow. I'm, I've, I've not been shoplifting. I dropped them when I looked for a welt and a pillment. You've dropped your stories. Yeah, they're down there. Okay, so you are telling me is I've got to fill dead air now whilst you go scurrying on the floor. I was hoping com- I'd fill dead air while somebody else scurried about. You want me to get out of my Don't seat? Do Come it. over here. We go. She, she's taking her headphones off. Don't blame me. Oh, and there's loads of feedback. I've lost a cavity. She's now crawling around the floor. 
looking for her stories. We're going to have to ban alcohol from in here, I have to say. She's found them again. This better be worth it. This is all I can say. Oh, yeah. This doesn't make good radio, I might add, does it? Okay. You set? You got them? Wow. Yeah. Well, there's not much left to share, is there, to be fair? My dad thought me and my sister had drank a whole bottle of cherry brandy once, but it turned out it evaporated. He had it in the back of the cupboard for so long, it just literally evaporated. How would it really do that? Well, I don't drink, and my sister was five at the time, so the chances of her knocking back a bottle of cherry brandy are thin. Your mom did it. Yeah. I love you, Jenny. Just to take her edge off the day for having me and my sister fighting constantly. All right, are you ready? I am. This better be worth it. They're both worth it. Fantastic. Being glued to your phone is certainly not an uncommon trait these days. And in these modern times, whether we care to admit it publicly or not, we've all taken our phone to the loo or bathroom or toilet. Oh, God. Do you remember that guy in Norway where it, it dropped into a cesspit and he dived down to get it? His watch. It was his watch, was it? No, yes. it was his cell phone. Oh, was it a cell phone? They were drunk and he got his friend to get it. Oh, in yeah, the, they, in the porta potty. And they super threw up. Yeah, that was the first time you got the bucket, wasn't it? And there was a rat in there. That's the yeah. least of your worries when mm. you're up to your neck in affluent and defecation is yeah. a rat. Yeah, But this tempting habit could cause you serious health problems, doctors have warned. In particular, they say it could give you hemorrhoids. Did you know that? Your cell phone can give Your you hemorrhoids. Your cell phone can give you hemorrhoids. Yeah. Also known using as... using it wrong, then. <laughs> yes. He's butt-dialed somebody. <laughs> using it I, wrong. <laughs> I did learn something, though. I did not know that hemorrhoids were called piles. Yes. Yeah. Farmer Giles. The Rockford Files. I didn't know that. That's what we call them in Britain. Really? A touch of the farmers. You got the Rockfords. Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Well, apparently they're lumps on your bottom. I know what they are. Pregnant women get them, and so does my granddad. Is that why you had a leather donut? What's a leather donut? Leather? Wow. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing but the best for you, sweetheart. Cashmere. <laughs> Look at that. Chamois leather. Mm. Bring me the chamois leather donut. <laughs> <laughs> the midget brings it in on a plate on a cushion that's well presented uh, the problem can originate from sitting on the throne for too long which scrolling through your phone may sadly only encourage so you could be sitting there you know playing it's not tetris anymore tetris. anymore what is it candy crush yeah candy crush on the loo yeah, it's bad. I was told that as a kid. I was told, don't be too long in there. You'll get piles. My Are parents you serious? Used to, don't sit on the toilet too long. You'll get piles. <laughs> you never had any books or magazines no, in the toilet, did you? it gives you piles. I don't understand that. I don't either. What? Why it gives you piles? No, why you have books and magazines in a bathroom by the it's, toilet? you got to relax so you can let your, Business. your anus <laughs> oh just kind of... Um, elongate. See, elongate. I've got nice, soft, spongy stools. I don't need to sit there with a complete. I don't want to know dickens. about your no business. No, the Canterville mm. ghost. You know, you're halfway through it, and there you go. Wow. Could have made it to the second chapter. It is in particularly concerning news, as 57% of Brits 
like go. Adrian. Yeah, I'm admitted, a Brit. Well spotted. Admitted. Not like Adrian. I am a Brit. <laughs> I'm from British, remember? You are British. from British. Admitted to using their phone on the toilet in a recent YouGov survey. Do a and selfie. And eight percent said they always do it. They always when you're going in to drop a deuce, you have to bring your phone with. <laughs> oh, I found a little brown fish. Oh, drop the kids off at the pool. It's like a Rorschach Let's test. Let's launch a sewer pickle. No. Oh. And I'll take a picture of it with an app, and it'll have like bunny rabbit ears and a oh, cute nose. Oh God. Mm-mm. So if you're doing it. You should see a doctor if there are these symptoms, okay? Symptoms of hemorrhoids. If you have bright red blood after you poo. Yeah, it's never a good sign. Not good. It's not good. If you have an itchy anus. Yes. It's not good. Nope. Don't itch the chocolate starfish. Lovely. Leave the tea towel holder alone. <laughs> Don't touch the sheriff's badge. The balloon knot. If it... Don't touch the balloon knot. <laughs> Don't. You don't want to have stink finger. No. You really don't, because that lasts for days. <laughs> wow. What's <laughs> wrong with you? Don't God. ever give anyone the shocker without a rubber. To think I spent 12 years at university for this. Yeah. Keep going. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, there's more. <sighs> Feeling like you still need to poo after going to the toilet. So if you've had your last little... Yep, if the <laughs> last little nugget's been squeezed out, if you've dropped a little current... Hey-de-ho! <laughs> yeah, a little, a little current, black current uh-huh. into the toilet. The little pee, a little rabbit poo. Yes, a conker. And you still feel like you need to, you know... Evacuate. Yeah, or launch the Titanic. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. Okay. Because it's not there. You leave this show with more than you arrive with, don't you? I'll say. Oh, the bucket time. Here we go, Michelle. Get it ready. Slimy mucus in your (laughs) underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Be worse if it was someone else's underwear. (laughs) You guys suck. (laughs) <laughs> sure, I'm glad I hung around for this. <laughs> Slimy mucus in your underwear. Nice. Slip sliding away. Just thinking. <laughs> Morris is gone. Look at that. You're getting far too much entertainment out of this. You gotta see how elastic it is be- between <laughs> both fingers. Like like mozzarella cheese on a pizza. Oh dear God! Michelle's gone green. Look at her face. <laughs> Keep going. I want to go to the bar. Hurry up! Oh, I can't do it. Or on toilet paper. Oh yeah, anywhere it yeah. ends up. Yeah. Lumps around your anus. <laughs> And pain around your anus. There. So yeah. any lumps, any pain. So go see a doctor if You're that happens. using your cell phone on the toilet. You don't want to have constipation or piles. My or... parents knew back in the 70s. Don't read on the toilet, Adrian. You're going to give yourself piles. So, you know, we're all into public service announcements. Yes. And this is ours. It's a dollar for, well spent, for, I think. For all our people out there, don't play Candy Crush on the toilet. Yep. Or you might have slimy mucus in your underwear. That's, uh, well, <laughs> I can't deny that isn't true. 
It's a many a slip twixt cup and lip. Poor Michelle. She's got her head in her hands. Look at her. She's focusing. Do you know when you have to focus just to avoid? Oh, I, you're welcome. Had, I had another one. I she's had in to a miss. safe place now. She's meditating. Mm. Okay, I've got one more. I'll Come make it. Ready? It's all about dating. Perfect. So this is all to help is to help you, Scott. Yeah, it's all about. It's all about you. <laughs> It's a new thing, and it's a new trend, and I know none of you have heard about it. Are really? you ready? Yep. Cockfishing. What? <laughs> Cockfishing? I tell you right now, I'm after a marlin. <laughs> Scott's going for minnows. <laughs> Don't worry. When I first read this, I thought it said cockfisting. So... <gasps> oh, jeez. It's like noodling for, like, carp. Am I supposed to put it in something in the riverbank and see what it's... Look, I pulled out a carp. It's a catfish a on the big mouth bass. bass. There you go. <laughs> this is noodling, isn't it? This is rednecks sticking their bits oh, and pieces God. in holes. No. In the riverbank. Uh, cockfishing is the disturbing new dating trend you need to know about. Bring yes, your own you rod. Oh, oh. Saw rod. Wow. Isn't that it? You should see the lure I'm using right now. I'm going to catch a muskie. Ooh, it's a fly fish. Nice. Another new digital dating trend is being discussed, and you may have just been affected. In the last few months, we've learned everything we need to know about micro-cheating. I don't know what that is. No idea. Micro-cheating? Paper clipping? I don't know no, what that no is clue. either. We could be saying the most disgusting things. Paper clipping. Condoing? I don't know what no, that no is. No clue. I don't know what that is. I've got better things to do in my And fishing. Life. I know what I know fishing, what that, yeah. yeah, we all know what that is. But the latest dating trend... Scott, you haven't said anything. I'm a little concerned. He knows what all these are. <laughs> He's been paper clipping for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's writing them down. Right. <laughs> He's notorious for paper clipping up in North Wisconsin. Condo is spelled with a K, Scott, just so you know. Thank you. But the latest dating trend to be coined is called cockfishing. Cockfishing is making the online dating scene in 2019 even harder to navigate. Cockfish, I just love the word. Fabulous. It's very filling. Couldn't eat a whole one. Yeah. Sometimes known as catcocks, never heard of that, but apparently, meow, are closely related to catfish because they use the wonderful world of the World Wide Web, to misrepresent who they are to oh. potential friends or dates. So they show someone else's bits. While a catfish... They take will... a picture of a summer sausage and say, that's what I've got right there. Ooh. While a catfish will alter their entire identity, sometimes even using fake names or photos belonging to somebody else, a cockfish only changes one thing, and that's the size of their penis, their weenus, their huh. bits. Their long john, their short john, their angel's banjo. Yeah, their <laughs> angel's banjo. How I want long? a Christmas card with an angel's banjo on it. That's my. Own. <laughs> That's part of the profile right there. How long is your angel's banjo? Oh, we're gonna so make that a thing. The term is given to those who edit dick pics. 
to make it seem as though their manhood is much larger than it actually is. Just take someone else's picture. <laughs> take somebody else's dick. Just That's right. Just cut it off and well, I'm hold sure it in your you, hand. I'm sure if you did a picture search on Google, you would soon come up with a varied selection for you to copy and paste. Yes. It came up when I looked up Welt. Well, there you go. Oh. Or what was that thing called? Flange. A flange. Flange and Welt. Flange is only used <laughs> in plumbing. Oh. A penile crown. A, it was a penis corona. Crown. Corona. <laughs> I drink those. Yeah. I mean, not a penis. Just no. a corona. Those are delicious. Okay. Yes. Right, Scott? We're learning a lot, I think. Right. <laughs> Jeez. I bet you're glad you came on board, aren't you? I've had five years of this. It can occur through photo editing, posing next to items that could make their penis appear bigger or with the use of special lens, like an aubergine. So you get a midget with small hands, they get to hold it, you take a picture and it looks huge, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Perfect. Or or a gherkin. Where can we get a midget from this time of night? Michelle has one in her closet. I do. Yeah. With the news that the iPhone 11 will allow users to exaggerate the size of things with its wide-angle lenses, cockfishing looks to set new records. Thankfully, it isn't too hard to spot a cockfish. Would you like to know how? Yes. Well, knowledge is power, to quote George Orwell. You need to know. So, here's... How you spot them. Blurred edges or distorted lines or backgrounds will expose one a mile off. So be on the lookout for those Photoshop fails. Earlier this week, the term fireworking, just so you know. God, was a whole series of words I hadn't previously I didn't been know aware either. Of. Don't be afraid. Paper yes. Do you want to guess what that means? Fireworking. Something that goes off when you light the paper. No, in relation to dating and dating trends. Fireworking, it's all, like, I would guess that within the first couple of dates, it's amazing and incredible, like fireworks, and then it disappears and and they don't get back to you or something. All right, Michelle, no ideas? Scott, what does fireworking mean? No clue. All right, well. It's all off with a bang. A person is fireworked when someone goes out with them in order to put on a big display, like oh, a firework display. Oh, Jim was close. So yeah, you were close. It's it's kind of like um, see, look what I got. But that that's so it. it's like me getting your sister and saying, look at me and your sister. Wow, yeah. I would call that a dud. Wow. Yeah, that's not gone. That's damp. And that's not gone. <laughs> Haven't no. you ever heard, seen the firework where you light it, you can hear the... And then all of a sudden... And you're supposed to... <laughs> don't go back to it. Don't, don't poke it with a don't stick. Don't light it again. Don't, just throw don't, it away. Don't go back to it. <laughs> that was 12 bucks down the drain. <laughs> the date might be in order to make an old flame feel jealous or just to make them feel good about themselves mm. i don't want to hear about anybody cockfishing out there no no we don't want that do we no who's got the biggest rod you need a keep net That's rodosaurus what, what did we call Rodosaurus. she's making up her own dinosaurs <laughs> oh my run it's a rodosaurus <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> I have nothing to add to that. Although I do want to see a Rodosaurus now. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any more? Is that it? <laughs> wow. I just want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on Not For Your Mother. I feel as if we've learned a lot this evening. So we, I'm going yeah. to wave to the camera. Thank you for thank your donations. You. And thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch up with you at the same place at the same time next week. Bye. Bye, guys. All good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead batteries. Myself, and I only managed to score two points tonight. Michelle, you're in third place. You have four points. Heather, you've managed to climb into sixth place. You get a motion sensor, a dinosaur fossil, and a weekend in northern Wisconsin. But tonight's runaway train the Orient Express, without the brakes on, coming in at first place is Scott, who's managed to score himself a nice, rounded, bottom-heavy, symmetrical eight. He gets a voodoo doll, a collection of pins, and a photograph of the team. Ooh. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we're <laughs> back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show that we're the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment we are the very light before the darkness my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris scott kenner jeton drainer michelle corey and all of the international paranormal society in paranormal.net and all of the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting Good night.